fruits of the Spirit. And I debated on what to go into because I kind of don't want to leave it just with tongues and interpretation in the church. And so what we've decided to do here is for the next couple weeks, um, now if you know all this stuff, good for you. Pat yourself on the back. You're a good little boy and girl. Uh, but if you don't, hopefully in this you'll... Uh, Catch some things that you, you, you didn't know before. Uh, hopefully it may straighten some things out for you because um, I believe it's an it's a important tool in the life of the believer. It's a gift that you already have in you. Come on. Remember, the gifts of the Spirit are already in you. you, don't, you don't, you're not praying for Him to give you something that you don't already have. Holy Spirit lives where? In you. He, that means he brought his gifts with him. So these things are already in you. And so what we want to look at is tongues in the life of the believer. Um, so we're going to look for the next few weeks of tongues in the life of the believer because I don't know how many of you know about praying in other tongues. I'm going to assume none of us do. <laughs> um, or why we do it. Because if you've never been around it and you don't understand why tongues, uh, then it, it, it can be kind of confusing. And if you're uh, first time into a church that believes in tongues, and it, I don't know how many times I've had people say, listen, I would go to church with you, but if they start that tongue stuff, man, I'm out, gone. I don't know why that's the scary part. Of all the stuff that we do, that's the scary part? <laughs> so our, our goal is to just show the importance of this in the life. And, and it's something that everyone can have, that everyone can do. You have Holy Spirit. Um, so let's go, if we will, uh, first go to uh, Mark chapter 16. Today's going to be a very basic introduction. Over the next few weeks, we'll, we're going to look at things like why every, every believer should pray in other tongues. I'm not talking about a denomination. I'm talking about believer. Look at Mark 16 here. Uh, in verse 17, he says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. Or if you're reading King James, that's modern English version. If you're reading King James, it says, These signs shall follow them that believe. Well, then why don't we see these in a lot of churches? Because we don't have a lot of believers. Now, I, don't say that, I didn't say they didn't believe in Jesus. I didn't say that they weren't born again or, or whatever you want to call it. They weren't awakened to salvation. I didn't say that they weren't followers of Jesus because, see, here's where, you can, where a lot of old-time Pentecostals get it wrong. If you don't pray in tongues, you just aren't saved. That's not true. Or if you don't pray in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. That's not true. The moment you said Awaken to my salvation. Listen, you were chosen in him from the foundation of the world anyhow. Okay? And the moment you awaken to all this, he lives in you. He is the giver of life. And so he is already there inside of you. You say, well, why don't we do it? Because we don't have a lot of people who believe it. He says, these signs will accompany those that believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. You would think that would be the part that would freak people out. <laughs> in my name they'll cast out demons they, uh, they will speak with new tongues that's scripture folks will say well that just means that we'll speak different languages see if that was the case then absolute non-believers or people who, don't, who reject Christ at all that means he's sharing spiritual gifts with them because anybody can download Babel or the Rosetta Stone, <laughs> and learn a language, right? So this is a spiritual thing. And that word new there, it means of a new kind. It means unprecedented. It means uncommon and unheard of. He said, in my name, you will speak in unheard of tongues. You will speak in uncommon tongues. You'll speak in unprecedented Tongues, the word tongue there. Now, over the next week or so, probably next week, we're going to get in the difference of some uh, Greek words 
between glossa, which is where we get glossaleo, which is speaking in other tongues, and the word dialectos. You know what that means, right? Dialect. There's a difference in glossa, which is what this word tongues is here, and, and the word dialectos, which means a dialect or a known tongue. The word here is glossa, it's for tongues, and it's a different than your native tongue. Are you ready? Uh, is that up there? An ecstatic, unknown language. Well, you, they just look like they're in this, this crazy trance. Well, that's because part of the definition of that word tongues, it's an ecstatic, unknown language. God says these signs will follow those that believe. In my name you'll cast out demons and you will speak an unheard of, unprecedented, uncommon, ecstatic language. See, if we understand that this is what God says, and if you're sitting back and, and because my background, I learned how to argue all this. I could tell you every reason why it's not. Until one day, I was going to make fun of Benny Hinn. Y'all remember this story, right? I stood up, pointed at the television to make fun of him because in my background, that was okay to do that. And I was struck dumb. I stood with my mouth open and I could not speak. I couldn't form a word, Shirley. And the Holy Spirit said, don't make fun of what you don't understand. I said, oh, wait a minute now. I need to do a little bit of digging here. And so for six months, I took every argument, Rachel, that I had, and I broke it down with what the Scripture really does say. So if you say, well, all of those things have passed away, there's not one place in the Scripture that says these have passed away. Not one place in the Scripture that says that this is done. And he said, well, in Corinthians, we'll look at that Scripture. That's often misinterpreted to try to prove the cessation of the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, a very misinterpreted scripture. So in my name, you'll speak in unheard of, unknown, ecstatic, unknown language. So verse uh, 18. He says, they'll take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. Or they'll walk into the presence of God. And they'll recover without anybody laying hands on them. Right, right Kevin? <laughs> See, this is where God wants to be. This is where God wants his church. The problem is, the reason why the Christian church is actually a declining religion is because she has lost her power. Yeah. Not that it's gone anywhere. She just decided, ah, eh, let's not make people uncomfortable with how we act. Let's not make ourselves a spectacle. The world was turned around with the message of Jesus by men and women who made a spectacle of themselves, who didn't care how they looked, didn't care how they sounded, who didn't care if it cost them everything. You, there's nothing wrong with being a spectacle. There's nothing wrong with being a spectacle. You say, well, and, and, and like we said last week, tongues is really distinctive to the New Testament church. You don't see it in the Old Covenant. You see prophecy, you see miracles, you see healings, you see almost word of wisdom, word of knowledge. You'll find all those in the Old Covenant. Tongues is one you don't really see. But look at what Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 28 verse 11. In Isaiah 28 verse 11, he said, For with stammering lips and another tongue, he'll what? He'll speak. To who? This people. So with stammering lips and another tongue, God wants to use you with stammering lips and another tongue to speak to this people. He wants his body to be able to operate in and out of all the gifts of the Spirit. And he wants you to operate in tongues. Well, I, you know, do you know what you're saying? Sometimes. We're going to get into all this. Well, do you know what it is sometimes? But if I'm going to sit here and say, how many of you know what Romans says? And we'll look at it in the next couple of weeks. Romans says, when we don't know what to pray for as we ought, the Holy Spirit makes intercessions with which groanings which cannot be uttered. One translation says, 
with words that can't be expressed in articulate speech. So we get up and I've got Pierce on my mind. And I want to pray for Pierce. Well, I don't know what Pierce is going through. I don't know what he's facing. I don't know what's happening. So how am I going to do it? I'll look at Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you live inside of me. You live inside of him. You know what's going on in his life. I don't. So I will begin to pray in an ecstatic unknown language. I'll allow you to work through me. And I'll connect with his. See, you're so connected. I can begin to pray in other tongues and begin to minister to his spirit where the Holy Spirit lives in him right now because we're connected that way. This is one of the reasons why he wants you praying in tongues. One of the reasons. So what is the prerequisite? Now here's the thing. People used to say all this time, and, and I used to, I told the Lord, I said, okay, you want to teach me some things. I get it, fine. But I don't want certain denominations to teach it to me. I didn't want to learn that way. You know? And I said, and I don't want my arguments to hold me back anymore. So you teach me. And, and, and because I had had friendly conversations, that's a good word, with folks from other denominations other than the one I was a part of who would tell you, oh, well, you don't have all there is of God. When you begin to speak in other tongues, then you'll know you've got all there is of God. Folks, let me tell you this right now. You have got all there is of God in you right now. Okay? He's not holding back from you. Well, what if somebody don't speak in tongues? Okay, they don't. They don't believe it. They either not been taught it, but they have no less God in them. See, I got to lay this foundation because it, it's so easy for, for Pentecostals, charismaniacs, all of us, it's so easy for us to sit over here and look down at someone because they don't operate the same way we do. And that's done nothing but divide the church anyhow. So what are the prerequisite to speaking in, speaking in tongues? Go to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, verse 19. And I think everything's in New King James uh, for, the, for this, unless I tell you otherwise. He said, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, and Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be to you, be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples were glad, when they were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them, Again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Now look what he does here. See, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you my arguments. The way I was taught to argue this. Jesus says here, he breathed on them and said, receive, right, the Holy Spirit. But we see nothing in that about tongues. You're right, absolutely not. It hadn't happened yet. So does that mean that they didn't have the Holy Spirit? See, well, if you don't speak in tongues, you don't, we, listen, the old words we used to use, well, I got the Holy Ghost. Okay, nothing big happened to you. You got the same thing everybody else has got. You released a gift that the Holy Spirit brought with him when he moved into you. You say, well, if you don't, you don't have the Holy Ghost. Oh, man, alive. Smell the brakes. Standing on them. Well, you don't have the Holy Ghost unless you pray, speak in other tongues. Somebody should have told us Jesus that. Or he just messed some guys up. Because he appeared in front of them and went, well, we used to make fun of Benny Hinn for that. Let's just let that settle. Come on. Man, y'all got quiet. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. They received the Holy Spirit right then. That's it. 
The tongues thing came later. Come on. So for us to go around and say, you don't have all there is of the Holy Spirit, he didn't say, here's a part of the Holy Spirit, you'll get the rest later. For us to actually look at someone and say, they don't have as much Holy Spirit as I do, because they don't speak in tongues, is for us to stand in direct contrast to what Jesus himself said. Come on. We're just going to look at scriptures. They received the Holy Spirit. Go to Luke chapter 24. I told you, foundation. Is this okay, babe? She's giving me that look like, ooh. That nervous wife look up here, Matt. Luke chapter 24, verse 49. He said, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. The promise is not the Holy Spirit. Because he had already breathed on him and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He says, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in Jerusalem, tarry in, Jeru- in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So what was getting ready to happen to them in Jerusalem was something that was totally separate than receiving the Holy Spirit. He was getting ready to set them and to re- release something in them that hadn't been released yet. But Holy Spirit came in and brought it with him when he breathed on them. And so we, we, we find, and we're not going to look at Acts too much today, if at all. So he's instructing them there's something else to come. There's power that is still to come. Well, I believe when I pray in other tongues, I'm more strong than I am at any other time. More strong for what? More powerful for what? I'm glad you asked. Go to Acts chapter 1. <laughs> Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled with... Do you guys realize all of these events that I've just read from John 20, Luke 24, and even Acts 1 all happened within a day or so of each other? They're not this big time spread out time because this was during the time that Jesus walked the earth 40 days. This is the time when people who rose from the dead with him walked the earth. You knew that, right? (laughs) Jesus wasn't the only one who came out of the grave that day. The word says they saw their families. They knew folks who came out. You imagine... That the resurrection power was so strong in Jesus. I wonder if it just cleared out the whole, the whole graveyard. Just, come on. Well, he said he led captivity captive. He led them all out. Acts, back to Acts 1 here. We're getting into other stuff. <laughs> he says, and after that you command, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. They were waiting for the promise. Not the Holy Spirit. They're waiting for the promise that Holy Spirit brings. Of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will at this time, saying, Lord, will it you at this time restore the kingdom of, to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father has put in his own authority. Some of you might want to read that again before we start making bets. Because we use these words all the time. He's coming. We're living in the last days. We're living in the last days. We've been living in the last days since they wrote this Bible. They thought it was the last days then. Well, I believe he'll come back. Here, 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 here. Mm. Says that Jesus himself don't even know. I'll give you the right idea. Said the Father did. 
Uh, I'm sorry. He says, it's in the Father's kingdom. But now look at verse 8. Here's what the promise of the Father is. But you will receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Everybody go like this. Where did that air go? Somebody say it loud. This is not science class. So, Where did it go? Somebody say it real loud. Inside you. Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So where did the Holy Spirit go? Inside them. What does he say is coming on here? Holy Spirit is coming where? There's a difference in being inside and being baptized. We call this the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, tongues is not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right? So don't, I'm not teaching that. Tongues is a sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not the only sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but when something is baptized, what do you do? You submerge it. If, if, if I'm going to take Shirley into the baptistry back there, I'm going to put her under. See, you'll receive power after that the Holy Spirit, he was already in them. Now, he says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. You see, this is what we call a baptism because Holy Spirit has not only filled them on the inside, but now he has covered them on the outside. And when you confine yourself and you realize that you are completely buried, covered, and drowning in the Holy Spirit, usually something's got to come out. He says, and you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. The biggest reason, first and foremost, biggest reason for other tongues is for you to be a witness. It's to bring power for you to witness. To tell others about the great finished work of the cross. To tell others about the glorious love of our Father. And, and, and if so, they might need to see something from you. <laughs> he says, and you shall be witnesses. Where at? In Jerusalem, which is home. Judea, which is family. <laughs> Samaria, which are the ones that people didn't like. And then the other most parts of the world. So when this baptism comes on you, it should first change your home, then your family, then everyone on the outside, and then everyone on the outside of that. Imagine if we start changing our homes, then our families, then our community, then our state. Let this thing grow. You see, that's why you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is one reason why we pray in other tongues. So that we can change the area of, of influence that God has put you in. And it allows you to pray for things that you don't even know what you're praying for. So... But you shall receive power after, King James says, New King James says, when? After the Holy Spirit has come upon you. He's talking to the same guys that he breathed on and said he's already in you. Receive him. So what is a prerequisite for speaking in other tongues? Welcome to the believer. Just believe. These signs will follow those that believe. I was sitting at a youth crusade, not a, a youth conference type thing one time, and uh, I had these young ladies come to me. And they said, we, we, we want this. We want to speak in other tongues. We want to pray in other tongues. I said, okay. Here's what we do. I'll walk them through this little thing. Both of them, boom, boom. Starts just opening their mouth, starts speaking in other tongues. Well, no laying down, flipping, flopping, rolling. Mm -mm. Doesn't have to be. There's nothing wrong with laying down, flipping, flopping, rolling. That's, that's cool. But that's not a prerequisite of this thing. Y'all okay? I know it's, it, it's, it's tough. 
they came back to me today and said, well, we want this again. Well, what happened? He didn't just take it away from you. They said, well, Grandma said it's not that easy. <laughs> I was sitting in a church one time with a man named, his name was Brent. I know. Uh, and I'm watching, he come up, he wants to pray in other tongues, and he got the traditional Pentecostal welcome. Come up, we're going to grab you, we're going to shake you. You're going to have one person on this side of your head going, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. On this side of your ear, you're going to hear, let go, let go, let go, let go. You got one other one. And, and let me tell you, I'm, this, I'm so glad of this because I do not like my face touched. Look over and they're going like this on his mouth. That would have got somebody punched. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> and I'm sitting over here and I am so frustrated. And I wasn't the pastor of this church at that time. I later pastored it. I looked at pastor and I said, Pastor, can I go help him? He said, yeah. I said, give me freedom to do whatever I need to do. He said, okay. I went over and grabbed him by the arm and started walking him to the front. And everybody started following him and said, stop, all of you, stay right there. Oh, they have hair lip now. They were mad. And I said, Brent, do you believe this is of God? These signs shall follow them that. I said, do you believe this is of God? Yeah. Do you believe God loves you? Yeah. Do you believe Holy Spirit already lives in you? Yeah. I said, do you believe God loves you enough not to hold no good thing from his children? He said, yeah. I said, I'm going to lay my hands on you. Because one way, but not the only way this comes is by laying on of hands. But it's not the only way. Nobody laid hands on me. I laid hands on somebody else when I started speaking in other tongues. I said, Brent, I'm going to lay my hands on you. I said, we're going to thank God, thank Holy Spirit for the gift, for the promise. He said, okay. I said, and then I want you to just open your mouth and speak what you hear. I said, don't listen to all these other people. Laid hands on him, walked him through it. Boom. There was no big giant fanfare. Just began to speak in other tongues. These signs will follow them that believe. All you have to do is believe. How many of you, and you don't have to raise your hand, but you've been praying You've been in deep, earnest prayer. And then in your, in your times in between when we're not screaming and begging God for something. That we, you're, you're quiet long enough and you hear these funny things. And you're like, what is that? Or you feel like there's something there that you just want to say, but you don't know what it is. That's Holy Spirit releasing tongues in you right then. And if, and if we would teach people to be brave enough, be dumb enough to believe God, and be brave enough to release their mouth, then we would see people just begin to speak in other tongues. I am convinced it's this easy. I've seen it too many times, Rachel. But what we've done is we've made everything super fanfare. Come on. We've made everything super fanfare. It's, not, it's never a bit that. Folks, do you realize Jesus didn't have to yell at demons to cast them out? There was no show. Oh, this is going to get me in so much trouble. He never grabbed a Bible. He, he, he never picked up a Torah. How many Bibles you got over here, girl? <laughs> He never grabbed a Torah and slapped somebody on the head with it. He never grabbed a crucifix and stuck it to their head. He understood the authority he walked in and understood that when he walked into the room, everything had to change. You have to understand, he was baptizing the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon him. Remember when he was baptized, where did the Holy Spirit go? It came up on him. He was a man baptizing the Holy Spirit. And when he understood and walked in that authority of who he was, 
Demons had to flee. They recognized him. We know why you're here. It's not time yet. And they asked him where to go. Don't throw us out into nothing. Let us go over there to the pigs. See, when the believers will start understanding who they are, that Holy Spirit lives in them, that they are the body of Christ. We'll quit yelling and screaming at the devil. We'll quit shouting at the devil. We'll walk in our authority and know that when I walk into the room, everything has to bow because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Can't, has no options. So, so Brent, back to Brent. I left Brent up here just praying, didn't I? He began to speak in other tongues. And I, and, and I left Pastor alone to deal with everything because I made everybody mad, telling them to get off him and let him go. We've done more disservice to people. We've kept people hindered thinking they can't get it because we've told them to look for a filling. We've told them to expect goosebumps. Listen, you realize you're living in the Holy, in the Holy Spirit every day? Every day's a goosebump. I don't have to work up a goosebump. I just feel it, man. You know? All right. I'm trying. So let's look that go to Acts chapter 8 we're looking at tongues in the life of the believer in Acts chapter 8 it says and multitudes with one accord heeded the things were spoken by Philip so what does that mean in plain English multitudes of people heard Philip and believed his message they heeded they gave heed to his words you know what that means they accepted the salvation that he was preaching to them they changed their mind. They repented. Come on. They repented of what? How they were seeing God to who he really is. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> and so some multitudes of them heeded the things that Philip spoke about Philip. And he, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and the lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. What brings joy? I don't know if it's going to be on there or not. Isaiah chapter 12. He says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Verse, this is Isaiah 12 too. For Yah, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Verse 3, Therefore with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. So what brought this joy? Salvation brought this joy. Now go back to Acts 8, 9. And there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city which astonished people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great. Isn't it funny how anytime we hear Simon preach now, he's still a sorcerer? Simon the sorcerer, Simon the sorcerer. He wasn't Simon the sorcerer. Back that up. Simon who what? Previously practiced sorcery. Just like the church, we love to leave people in their mess. We love to identify them by their past. Oh, come on. This is free right here. This doesn't cost you anything. We love to identify them by their past than to set them free to their destiny. And we've, we villainized this guy only for wanting to do what was great. Simon the sorcerer, he wasn't a sorcerer. He previously practiced sorcery. Now he's a believer. All right, verse 10. To whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying this man is the great power of God. Verse 11. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip as he preached, 
the things concerning the kingdom of God and in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. Come on. And when he was baptized, he wasn't a sorcerer. We still call it. I'm telling you, you go in churches and they start, they'll start talking about tongues and they'll say, Simon the sorcerer. He wasn't the sorcerer. He was a believer. Received salvation and baptized. He continued with Philip. What did he become? He became a disciple. Oh. And was amazed seeing miracles and signs which were done. So he believed Simon's, he believed Philip's message. The people believed Philip's message. There was joy in the city, joy that comes from repentance. And according to, to uh, Jesus, they've already got what they need to get. But just like the disciples, something else had to come. Jesus said, go and tear you in Jerusalem to be endued with power from on high. Here we see Philip going around, doing miracles, doing everything. There's a work of the Holy Spirit and salvation Absolutely. But what did they do? Go to verse 14. Now see, this is what you're going to get. So if I, I see the numbers start going down over the next few weeks, <laughs> we know teaching's too much. Acts 14, 8, verse 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. Why? Because there's something else that had to come. who when they had come down prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. But Holy Spirit happens once you open that up. So what were they doing? They were going to receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. This is something that came later. And here's, here's where we do people a disservice. Are you ready? And I'm talking about Pastors, what we've done for years, we've walked people into their repentance, into their changing of their minds, and then we just say, all right, go and have a good time and come back and learn things when you can. Right then is the very time that someone should start talking to them about tongues in their own personal life. That's what they did here. As soon as they heard the word was given, they said, Peter, John, you guys go up there and, and give them something. So jump to verse 18. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of, laying on of the apostles' hand, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. Now here's where we go crazy. Peter and John came up so that they would receive the promise of the Holy Spirit and so this thing that they saw when the apostles laid hands on them obviously had a physical reaction that could be seen. They knew that the Holy Spirit had come on them. And so when Simon saw it, he offered him money. But why did he offer him money? Because he wanted to be somebody great? Well, look at verse 19. Saying, give me this power also that anyone whom I lay hands on might receive the Holy Spirit. He was just trying to do the same thing he watched those men do. This is a brand new believer who knows the world works with money. <laughs> so he said, hey, give, let me give you some money and you give me this power. He wasn't trying. Oh, see how we villainized this guy? We have villainized him thinking that he tried to buy the Holy Spirit. He wasn't trying to buy the Holy Spirit. He was wanting to be able to do the same thing to bless others. See, this will get you in trouble because this is not how he's been preached. He saw something in them. When Peter and John laid hands on him, he saw a difference. He saw a change. I wonder if he heard a change. We'll, we'll get there when we get in Acts chapter 2 and other scriptures as well. There was something, he said, let me, let me be able to do 
the same thing. Let me be able to give this Holy Spirit to others as well. And so we see Simon trying to buy that power. If we understand, he's just wanting the ability to give the Holy Spirit. There was something physical that took place in them. But what was it? When the Holy Spirit, when this baptism of the Holy Spirit comes, it will be a, such a change in your life that people will notice it. But I don't want to be a spectacle. <laughs> Guess what? Just get in real close to him. Let Holy Spirit work on you. And all of a sudden, he will set you up. He will light you up. And Peter and John begin to correct Simon, not for anything other than this is a free gift. You don't have to beg the Holy Spirit to be able to speak in tongues. The only time, are you with me? The only time we see anyone tarrying for the Holy Spirit is in, in Acts from Luke and John we read there until Acts 2. Never again do you see any instruction to tarry, beg, wait, plead, hang on, let go, slap my jaws. That is never again found in Scripture. Never again. And they only did it because it was at the behest of Jesus. Why, why are you telling us this, Brent? Because I want you to know, tongues are for you. It's for you, for everybody. Well, I'm not as good a Christian as you. There's no level of good Christian, bad Christian here. There's no, well, once you've done enough, you've whipped yourself enough, once you've done enough penance, once you've done enough uh, uh, good deeds, then you get to the point where you can all of a sudden be in line to receive. There is no place. Well, I, I, I'm not sanctified enough. Except for that little verse that says Jesus was our sanctification. How can you get any more sanctified than that? Well, that got quiet. Jesus is your sanctification. Now, does that mean you don't fix your life and fix some things that you're doing? Absolutely. Get it together, man. Let Holy Spirit straighten you up. We all got places we got to straighten up, Mike. <laughs> but he's not withholding any good things. First, you have to know tongues is a good gift. And he is not going to withhold any good thing from his kids. Matter of fact, he said, if you believe it, you should follow me in this. Back to verse 14. He says, Now when the apostles of Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word, they sent Peter and John to them, whom when they had come down prayed for them that they might receive. We, 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 folks, we have made this thing so hard. God is so, our Father... Our Savior, Holy Spirit, is so loving and so kind. He withholds no good things. And he's not holding any gifts back from you either. He's waiting on you to repent. To change your mind. That's what repentance means, right? Metanoia. Repentance is good for the believer too. It's funny how we just say, oh, let's make the unbeliever repent. I think most of the repentance needs to happen to the believer. Maybe we need to repent of the way that we've seen God. That he's withholding. It's probably okay. I'm going to tell it anyhow. She had an had a aunt who for years would tell us that she was mad at God. She was upset at God because she never could figure out why he didn't give tongues to her. Because she was taught, hang on, hang on, hang on, let go, let go, let go. Get yourself right, get yourself, live right, purge yourself. 
wear your hair a certain way, wear your clothes a certain way. Don't listen to certain types of music. Don't do this, don't do that, don't. Man, we made religion. You know, Christianity is all about the do's. God wants you to have life and have it more. But God wants you to have fun. It's okay. Let yourself do it. Because he gives gifts to his men and his women. He gives gifts to his children. Back to hanging on. I want to, yeah, let me close with this. Anybody know who Howard Carter was? If you've been around Assembly of God much, you probably have heard that name. He founded the oldest Pentecostal Bible school in the world. He was the super, I believe he was the superintendent for the Assemblies of God when it started. Um, This is what he said about this hanging on and tarrying and, and making this hard. He said, to teach people to wait for the Holy Spirit is nothing but a combination of works and unbelief. It is nothing but a combination of works and unbelief. How many of y'all worked for your salvation? (laughs) None of you. How many of you are working to keep your salvation? None of you. Don't have to. Why? You're his and no man can pluck you out of his hand. You know, those are the words in red. Why do we think we've got to work for this? I want to encourage you this week, go home and in your prayer time, just have a nice conversation with Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, Pastor said this is a gift that you brought with you, that you want me to have this. I believe it's a good gift because remember, these signs follow those who believe. I believe. I believe. And I'm going to ask you, to allow me, and I guarantee you'll do it. Just let this just come. And listen to your spirit. Listen to your spirit. Because there'll be a rumbling in there. There'll be, a, and, and you might have to work on, the hardest part of this is working on the nerve to just do it. And when you hear that, open your mouth. Well, here's, here, you ready? I'll give you all, all the arguments, right? That's just you mocking somebody because you heard Lynn back there speaking in tongues and you're just mocking Lynn. That sounds like the enemy. I don't even know who Lynn is. Oh, you're just mocking what you heard everybody else say. Does that sound like God or does that sound like an accuser? Sounds like an accuser. And I believe there's that little scripture that calls the, Satan the what? The accuser of the brethren. Allow Holy Spirit to do it. Ask Him. Tell Him, I'm going to release this. Well, what do I pray about? I don't know. Let your spirit pray. It's your spirit praying. What if I need to, 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 to uh, what if I need to pray for Dave? I don't know what's going on in Dave's life, but Holy Spirit does. Pray. Pray in an ecstatic. And you know what it is? And you'll hear this more as we get into this. It's like any other new language that you've learned. You know what you have to do to get good at it? Practice. Do it every day. Well, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is not coming down and grabbing your tongue going, no, 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 no. It's you praying. Paul said, and we're going to get into this when we look at 1 Corinthians 14, when you pray in other tongues, not when he prays, you pray in other tongues. It's you. And it's simple. I tell you, I told you this story, and you'll hear it two or three more times before this series is over. A friend of mine went up front. It's six months in after being struck dumb by an angel. Or God or whom Holy Spirit, I always said it felt like an angel just grabbed my tongue and jerked it because I couldn't speak. A friend of mine was going up front in a church that doesn't believe. In a church that doesn't believe in these things. Or they believe these things have ended. 
He said, come up front and pray with me. My parents are getting divorced. I said, okay. And I got up front and I knelt down beside him, Kylie, and I reached over Aaron and when I put my hands on his back, I started praying in other tongues just like that. No fanfare. Nobody laid hands on me. I laid hands on somebody else. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble. (laughs) And he just kept teaching me more and more. God doesn't care what name's on the door. He doesn't care what denominational background you are. He said, these signs follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. Last verse, Acts chapter 1, verse 5 again. For John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And I believe not many days is today. Amen? So with that said, I've got people that's coming up front right now. They're going to be here for prayer if you... If you want somebody to pray with you to, 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 to speak in other tongues, don't, if it don't happen right then, don't get frustrated. Go home. He's not holding nothing back from you. Sometimes we have to get past our own fears. Sometimes we have to get past our own pride. I'm going to sound like a babbling idiot. We do most of the time anyhow. These people will pray with you. If you need healing... These people will pray for you. If you need to know Jesus the way that I'm talking about him right now and nobody's ever told you about this guy that loves you so much that he's willing to scoot over and let you sit on his throne with him, come up, let these guys talk to you. They'll pray with you. They'll lay hands on you. They'll believe God with you. As Denise said, what if? It's your day. Amen? So I'm going to pray they're going to come and we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. I thank you that you have called us and chosen us into the kingdom for such a time as this. I thank you, Father, that Holy Spirit, you are active in our lives right now. And we praise you. And Father, I thank you that we are going to hear reports. Holy Spirit, I thank you. We're going to hear reports all week long of people saying, hey, guess what I did? I have walked in to what you have promised. In Jesus' name, amen.